1: Hey friends, I'm Sarah Renee, and welcome to the first conversation on the record. So when I was in the pre-production planning stages of this podcast, I had my eye on the calendar to see what records were coming out around the time I was planning to go live. So this artist and record, they were on my wish list, and I'm so happy I was able to sit down with John Bauman on his new record, Proving Grounds. When I first heard John's songs Midland and the Bible Belt on the radio, initially they made me laugh because they were good songs, and they had some funny little bits to them, but lyrically, they had a lot more going on that made you think, and they were really kind of had some social commentary to them. And about a year or so later, he released another song, Eagle Ford, it would constantly get stuck in my head, because it was a really catchy song, but it also had that same smart style of writing. So that brings us to his new record. Here is my conversation on the record with John Bauman backstage at Billy Bob's Texas with John Bowman. John Edward Bowman formally.
0: Yes. The artist formally noticed John. Edward yeah. Bauman.
1: So, did you ditch that because you thought everyone was, you know, saying your mo- you're angry at you like your mama would be?
0: <sighs> I got the serial killer joke from Shane a couple of times. Yeah. Well, West Texas vernacular. I mean, come on. Yeah, I kind of did myself in on the album cover with the creepy mustache, John Wayne Gacy. You know, to be honest, I think people were having a hard enough time with my last name, and I just wasn't <laughs> patient enough, and I just ditched it. And I think about it from time to time, but eh.
1: I think it's okay with this record. It's going I think that was then, and with this record, that's moving forward. Proving Grounds out June 9th.
0: Yeah, I think I think and hope and intend this one bridges the gap and yeah. kind of put. You know, those songs will be with me forever, but mm-hmm. to kind of put them, put them in the in, in the past.
1: Yeah, which is okay, and that I guess that's what we're here, conversation on the record, proving ground is the record, yeah. and just, I remember, like, when I was getting this ready, and I saw how the dates were light, and I was like, yes, I want to talk to John, especially a couple weeks ago, you had that great, like, retrospective on Instagram going back on each record.
0: Yeah, it's been fun. I might have had a couple cocktails before I did those, <laughs> but I did one of them, and it was popular, and I was like, shoot, I'll keep doing this, and I just kept looking back, and now I think I should do one for each song, and kind yeah. of... Explain where the songs come from and whether I liked them or didn't like them. What that's what we're doing today. Yeah, great. Well, let's, let's that's, go. That's what we're doing. But yeah, I thought it was
1: interesting because, you know, when I first heard about you, was, I heard Midland or Bible Belt on the radio and I was like, oh my God, yeah. these songs are amazing. And, you know, I remember it was when I was still in College Station and I emailed um, Chris Moser mm-hmm. at Vet because we were, you know, sister stations, like, can you send me these? These aren't in my library. He's like, well, I can't, but you can
0: get them. And I'm like, well,
1: I'll work on that.
0: Well, thanks for doing that. Yeah, I remember yeah. the first time I heard Moser played, I just, you never forget the first time mm-hmm. you heard it on the radio. Yeah. So
1: moving forward, that you had that one, and then a couple EPs, the full length. Yeah. And then
0: dropped the middle name. Dropped the middle name, then did the Departures EP. And yeah.
1: It's
0: been two years almost, a year and a half since that one came out.
1: So let's dive into it, Proving Grounds. I mean, this, the name alone and kind of what you explained on Instagram, you are wanting to say something, say that you're here, you're ready, this is where you're going.
0: Yeah, that's exactly it. And uh, this, the name of the album, I was having a hard time coming mm-hmm. up with something. I was leaving St. Angelo and uh, I saw a Proving Grounds Bridgestone Tire Center and I thought, God, that's a great, that's where they test tires at. And I was like, that's what I feel like I've been doing. I think for my dad the... built that
1: off topic. But... No, that's cool. It's, <laughs> it's a huge complex
0: north of San Angelo. I saw it and I was like, that's where they test tires for cars, mm-hmm. and I was like, "That's what I feel like I've been doing for the last two, three, four, five years, yeah. just testing and learning this stuff." So that's a big part of where the name came from. But yeah, I feel like, and I've still got a lot to do. Oh yeah, but um, I feel like I've been kind of in the incubator, in the van, mm-hmm. on the road, kind of learning the ropes and. I feel like this is my best effort and it just felt like an appropriate uh, yeah. name for the record.
1: I, I can agree. I mean, I, uh, starting the career and, you know, the first songs, I kind of felt like you were you had a foot in and kind of a foot out. Like, you're still trying to figure out, okay, this is what I'm doing. Totally, Am I doing this? You nailed And it. then the next one and you're like, you got a and, you know, the retrospective, like you you could tell you were getting a little more comfortable with each
0: one and yeah. figuring things out. That's exactly it. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, well I was working day jobs and I was always back and forth with people. Should I quit now? Should I quit mm-hmm. in six weeks? Should I quit in a year? Like just having a really hard time because I was working a job and I didn't want to leave, but I knew where my heart was. Yeah. yeah I always kind of had a, had, a, had a foot in and a foot out and now I'm kind of with two feet in. You know,
1: Definitely. Totally. Well, so before we get really into the meat of the record, how much, I mean, the past, you know, almost a year, you've been kind of Willie Nelson's pet opener
0: That's here gener- in Texas. That's generous. <laughs> yeah. It's been really, really cool. We did six shows with Willie over the last six months and, uh, that in itself was a was a was a yeah. giant test for all of us. Um, but you know, playing in theaters, two thousand to eight thousand people is like that'll put some hair in your chest. Yeah, and I had a hard time with stage fright for the longest time, and sometimes putting myself out there, it's fun, and sometimes it feels really uncomfortable. So, mm-hmm. yeah, the Willie thing was incredible.
1: So, did you already have kind of the the feeling for this record? Were you already in the process of making that when this when you're opening for Willie, or was that kind of what helped?
0: bring this record about? Yeah, it kind of helped bring it about. I mean, people have seen the photos of us. Like, I get everybody to pull their cell phone out mm-hmm. and do the light show and everything. And it's like, wow, you know, like this is a, if you go creep on my Facebook five years ago, you can see me playing at like an open mic night. Yeah. Um, it's just kind of a full circle thing. But I really started writing this record when I got home from Steamboat um, last, last January. Mm-hmm. Not this January, but like 16
1: that's always a big, I mean, the week everyone comes together, it's kind of, a I think it recharges everyone a little bit because it's essentially the, the unofficial end of the year, start of the year for the music totally. scene. Totally. So I could see that. Yeah. Really good.
0: You, you see, you, so much of it rubs off on you and maybe you rub off on somebody else, but you come home and you're like, oh man, I like what he did or, mm-hmm. I, you know, I can do better at this. and It does re-energize you. But I started writing those songs in January and then right up until the day we went into the studio, I wrote the very... One of the final songs on the record, so it was it was a process of eight months.
1: So, did you kind of already know which songs you were bringing in, or did you have a larger group that you whittled down?
0: No, I don't have the budget to some of these guys, and I don't know if I, I have the work ethic to bring in thirty <laughs> or forty thirty or forty tunes. But I had maybe fourteen or fifteen. Okay. And we we cut twelve or thirteen, and eleven made the record. And I'll save one of them for the fall, and it's all said and done. But um, yeah, we pretty small number, and it's kind of like you know we got to hit them. Yeah. Because we don't have a ton to work with.
1: But that's the thing is, I mean, you, after having two EPs, you, you know, you got the small record thing down, the having the meat to it, and then building yeah. for it. Because that's the thing is, I notice a lot, you know, you have some people that could put a full-length record out, where every song is just boom, 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 killer. Mm-hmm. But then you got the people that need the EP, because if they didn't, they'd have probably about three or four filler with it.
0: Yeah. And it's still really hard to name yeah. 12 tracks or 11 tracks. And, uh, yeah, it's a challenge. And, some people can do it at 21 and it's like oh my gosh how yeah. do they do this and then some people you know they're in their 30s by the time they start mm-hmm. like oh my god but it's a real challenge to put 10 solid songs back to back yeah you know.
1: so looking at it track listing i was looking you wrote everything no co-writes but then you brought in your current single as yeah. your only cover yeah so what was kind of the, the idea of bringing that one and what spoke to you
0: yeah well it, that was really like a strategy decision um, my manager and i kind of were i didn't really want to record do that song okay my ego is a little bit too big (laughs) to do to do a cover but you know one of the things some of my songs are so heady and so wordy and so sort of so serious and this is a very serious record and it's kind Mm -hmm. of an emotional roller coaster so we were like let's get a sing along drinking song Mm -hmm. and uh that was one we went with and um can't thank Aaron Lee Tassian enough for, for giving us the green light.
1: And he's, you know, getting his own buzz right now. Oh, the yeah. same thing. Were you already a fan before? Or just was it a song that somebody brought to you? Like, hey, what about this one?
0: Yeah, I'd never heard it. Okay. Yeah, I'd never even heard it. Um, my manager showed it to me and I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, but now I'm looking back and I'm I'm really glad we did. And uh, it's, doing that song taught me a lot because musically that song is more complicated and mm-hmm. more melodic than anything I've ever done it on my own. So it kind of like kind of set a bar, a mm-hmm. new bar of where maybe I need to uh, to look towards. But, you know, Aaron's been on Conan. He's got a ton of bugs. Yeah. Um, but it was cool for him to, like, he posted the screenshot and was like, this is so cool. And I was mm-hmm. like, whoa, you know, and it was mutually beneficial. Yeah. A beneficial towards me, but it was a neat thing for me to do and neat for me to kind of get over myself a little
1: Well, bit. I think with any artist, if you have somebody that takes the time to record your your work, your art... I'm sure that's a big thing. I mean you had that song um Gulf Coast Moon on hold for a while and you, yeah. I'm sure you had that same I mean granted it was a little a little higher up, but you still had that feeling of, like wow, this person cares about what I'm doing and is almost is going to consider it.
0: Yeah, totally. Um and that's segue, but you know, Chesney recorded that tune and and when I got the news it wasn't gonna make the record, mm-hmm. it was about six weeks till his that was going to yeah. the record was going to come out, and I remember I was just devastated. And I really had some moments where I was like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore because mm-hmm. I was just so upset. So a lot of this was not to get all Phoenix rising from the ashes, yeah. but it was kind of like that's what I'm going to call it, proving grounds because it's like, man, I got dealt a, a tough blow, um, and this is how I want to come back from it a little
1: bit. Yeah, but then you move forward knowing what like, Kenny Chesney knows my name. Yeah, Chesney liked my work. He might get this record and be like, oh, okay yeah let's let's see one of these other tracks that that might happen
0: and you never know gulf gulf moon might make it uh might make it onto a future album you yeah, never know exactly. how it works but we were so close and he had that song on hold for three maybe even three and a half years mm-hmm. so it was a constant kind of like living day to day waiting for news from nashville mm-hmm. and then we that's were so a, close that's
1: the thing i've gotten the more and more i with work i hear you know so everyone like behind the scenes you always hear like oh so-and-so has this song on hold so-and-so has this song on hold and more often than not, I've heard more of them come off of hold and come on, go onto records. But yeah. once you get one on hold, it seems like it's a snowball effect. Yeah. Career-wise.
0: Yeah, and that's why I was so excited about it because I, mm-hmm. you know, I need all the help I can get. Yeah. And uh, I was really thinking that was going to put put me in a different echelon. And uh, but hey, things happen for a reason, and it was a good, it was a really good lesson to learn for mm-hmm. me because you know I was given the green light to go out and tell people, and I was yeah. kind of. I was really leery of doing that for a while and then the last six months I kind of got the green light and people were patting me on the back and then it turned out it wasn't going to happen and it's like the opposite of the boy who cried wolf or but <laughs> something like that and it just was one of those like
1: yeah you know
0: I wish I could have done this differently but it's a good lesson going forward and good lesson to pass on if I talk to younger artists. or Absolutely
1: whatever. and just knowing the next time it
0: happens. Yeah.
1: how 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 it goes and so you're the kind of the sting won't go away, but you'll understand it better and deal, move on with it better. Oh,
0: totally. If yeah. it doesn't get cut. Yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah. Well, there might be another one, and you know, wish upon a star. There might, there might be another.
1: Exactly. one. Exactly. Yeah. I was,
0: I was down for a little bit. I remember Rose I in Wichita Falls, and so my manager called me and just said, I got some bad news, and I knew exactly what he meant. And uh, he was like, Do you want to read the email <laughs> about what, <laughs> why? And I was like, I don't ever want to see that email ever. But
1: but you put it into your work, put mm-hmm. it into this record, mm-hmm. and so I think it paid off.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I hope so.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, so. listening to an initial listen, I, you know, I just, every song I was into, I was like, yeah, yeah, and then a second listen, and I hate comparing, but I started getting, like, Slade Cleave's vibes, mm-hmm. and just, I was like, okay, I'm certain, because I think you're settling into where you are. Yeah. And that's it's always nice to finally hear with artists, is, you know, when they finally figure out themselves and figure out their their moments, how things work for them
0: yeah totally yeah this one definitely felt i remember when we were cutting the vocals mm-hmm. and i remember singing the first song and the engineer coming back and saying just keep doing exactly what you're doing and i hate listening to my voice i hate oh yeah like listening to yourself on your answering machine or asking anybody off the street to listen to their voice they hate it and i'm in that category mm-hmm. too but this was the first time i was like man you know i can go back to first couple cds first three season i'm like oh you don't sound confident you don't sound secure I feel different about this. Yeah, one. there's still things I could do better. Oh yeah. I, I was like, uh, this one just—I feel like I've—I've I've settled in on this one.
1: So let's go into it. Starts cool. off with "Here I Come," and I felt like—I mean, I felt like I'm jumping, but I felt like "Here I Come" and Pontiac, they were nice bookends yeah. with the record. It, it fit the vibe, the scene. It, it, so it was a good place to start and end.
0: Yeah, well, here, you know, Here I Come has gotten a lot of attention from not even, like, just people hearing it and saying that song means a lot, and that's been really cool, Um, but yeah, you know, that song is exactly how I feel, like, Mm -hmm. there is so much muck and mire and and this business and being on the road, and I was like, you know, it's it's hard, but Mm -hmm. I'm doing my best, and yeah, I'm really proud of that, it's slow, it's weird to start the song off with sort of a ballad, but there's been a lot of attention, not a lot, but just like peers and friends and mm-hmm. fans come up and saying, I can't wait to hear that on the record. And That's been cool. Yeah. And then Pontiacs has granted this nine-minute song about l- looking back on your youth, and I'm really proud of it. And We shot music videos for both songs, okay. which I'm excited to uh, give to the world after the night. So
1: I hate to jump to the head, but we just, you know, mentioning Pontiacs, you only have the one reference of it. And after I listen, I start, especially during, you know, the instrumental, I was like, what, uh, the naming of songs always interests yeah. me, and I was like, just the subject matter, is like, is it have to do with, you know, things gone by that you can't change, kind of like how Pontiac's no more?
0: You know, that's, I'm going to take that and <laughs> use that, because that sounds perfect. You know, I, that song really should have probably called One More Day of Being Young, Yeah, but that didn't seem very interesting to me, and that's a driving tune, I mean, there's a mm-hmm. three-minute outro on it, and... Um, yeah, I kind of envisioned a guy in a car driving out to California and kind of looking back in the mirror but looking forward at the same time and no, but that's a that's the metaphor right there. You nailed it.
1: Okay. Yeah. I mean that's like what I was listening to and it just kinda I was trying to be like, man, what's something really deep I could talk about that's when we sit down?
0: Yeah, no, it's a that's a great metaphor. Yeah, I only mentioned it one time in the song, but yeah. You nailed it. Bam.
1: <laughs> there we go. Yeah. But, yeah, so, I mean, going into it, you, you have all, you know, it starts off those, but then it gets, you know, the nice love songs, the sweet songs, and yep. it it it, it, just, it goes everywhere.
0: It does. I yeah. was listening to it on the drive up today, and it goes everywhere. But that's sort of, I've been trying to, I don't know, like, the sequencing. I don't know mm-hmm. if I did the best job sequencing. I think I resequenced it, like, four times. Yeah. And eventually drove myself crazy and was like, just stop, dude, just finish. But... Who I am, I'm a little bit all over the place, yeah. and it's sort of just a collection of me through eleven tracks and the humor, the love, the sadness, mm-hmm. the nostalgia. It's just it goes everywhere, but
1: but I think it flows well because I mean I feel like some people, especially now with the you know the single download age, yeah. people don't think about the sequencing, and when you have a, a an album that kind of has an overall theme, yeah. you need that flow.
0: Yeah. Well, I got different opinions on the sequencing, and maybe hindsight, I might have done it differently. But that this is an album people have to listen to all the way through, yeah. and I've kind of tucked some of the maybe some of the higher caliber stuff in the last three or four songs. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, so they're gonna have to dig for it, and uh, it might slow down the uh, the noise machine a little bit, mm-hmm. which is okay. But like I think Pontiacs is arguably one of the top three songs, but it's the eleventh song on the record. Mm-hmm. You know. I was getting an opinion saying, put that song number three.
1: I think, it, it yeah, with that ending, it closes perfectly.
0: Yeah, it felt, it felt right. And I was like, why would we have a nine-minute song in the 3 hall? It just doesn't make Mm-mm. any sense to me. No. So I'm happy with that. But maybe some of the other ones I might have done differently. But yeah, the record book ends nicely. It, it feels like the first time. Like, High Plains Alchemy was an 11-song record, mm-hmm. but I hate it. Yeah. I just, I was going through a tough spot. I didn't feel like I wrote the songs well. Mm-hmm. I don't sound confident. The production's not there. But this one, I'm like, I can put my put my name behind this one proudly.
1: And I hate, and I hate saying that. And it feels so cliche, but it's a mature record. Yeah, thanks. It's it's one of those that it feels. You know, I mean, I think it comes to age. We're the same age. It feels like we're at that point in our lives where we need that kind of music.
0: Yeah, it feels coming of age for me. Yeah, um, and like. I don't know what's going to happen, but if I'm not doing this in the year, yeah, which I want to be, but if I'm not, but you feel like this is I busted ass on this, yeah, and I gave it my best, and that's all you can do, Mm -hmm. and I'm proud of it. So, yeah, it's a record. It's a full. It's a record, top to bottom. It's not a. It's not a. In my opinion, it's not like a two or three track. Yeah, there's two or three winners, but everyone's going to find what they like. You know. Mm -hmm. So,
1: so what song on it do you feel like you sat on the longest, like that spent the most time working on that you kind of knocked around a little bit and then finally when you got to this record you're like okay this is
0: this is the place for it honestly these all came out pretty easily and okay. they all came out over the span of that eight months like uh, there were none of these that were holdovers from mm-hmm. two years ago this was all very much like a 2016 year and um yeah I don't think there's any that I really really sat on for a long time it's just kind of they just kind of came out okay. from muses and things like that, but yeah. That's cool. So which
1: one, I mean, we said Pontiac's definitely in the top three. Which one are the one is the one that you're most proud of? And like when you see this rec- people listen to this record, you hope this is the one that they really latch on to?
0: Yeah, so this is like always sort of an uncomfortable topic, but <laughs> Old Stone Church is like a mm-hmm. 100% true yeah. story about my dad passing away from brain cancer and how I dealt with it. And I remember like... He was sick for and everybody has somebody they know with cancer mm-hmm. so i'm not special by any means but i know how i dealt with it yeah I, you know when his life ended you know i just i i took it out on myself selfishly and mm-hmm. this song is sort of a reckoning of just like going through it and then coming full circle and accepting yeah. it but it's a slow song it's not a billy bobs no. song. it's a theater song and um i remember i was a studio and i was I had to be excused because I was like, "Yeah, I was in tears and had to go outside for 20 minutes and just collect my thoughts. It was a tough one to get through. And if you really listen, you can hear me mm-hmm. a little choked up.
1: Well, I just, and I like
0: how it's
1: arranged. It seems, you know, it fits. It seems that it fits the feeling. It fits the, the gravity of the song.
0: Yeah, the gravity for sure. And
1: like when I was listening to it again today, the way it just kind of trails off feels unfinished, which again is like your life. You're still going on. You're still dealing with this. Yeah
0: and so it seemed real it's very real i mean i I listen to there's a drum the drum like the cannon drums kick in when the Mm -hmm. guitar picks up and like i get hair on my arms and that was a moment in the studio where i was like i gotta get out of here um but i think that song has the greatest longevity Mm -hmm. and it sucks because it's a it's a tragedy song. But it's
1: a, it's a song, I mean, there's going to be people, you know, I mean, even I, like, my dad's going through treatment for lymphoma right mm-hmm. now, and I'm not feeling the same feeling you, per se, felt, but I feel the the sense of it all. Yeah. And I, you know, I get it, and everybody's got something, and they, they might not be able to completely feel the way you did, but they know the
0: feeling overall. Yeah, totally. L- losing people and having people sick in your life is, yeah, like, it's, it's awful, but... Like, time really does heal all wounds, like the wounds never fully healed, but, um, yeah, that song's the most special to me, and like, I've given my mom the record, and mm-hmm. she hasn't said anything about it yet, like, <laughs> and like, you know, I'm excited for my sister to hear it, but, you know, that, I think that song has the, the biggest, the strongest legs to stand on. I think so.
1: I think that's going to be definitely your takeaway for this record, I think, is people are going to come back to that one. Yeah. Maybe just for over their lifetime. Yeah. Like when they feel something and they have a moment of loss, I think that, that's gonna be a strong song.
0: <laughs> like, oh let's go see the guy who sings the side song about his dad dying at the, on the night. <laughs> yeah, that's what my future's gonna be like. But no, I mean I feel connected to some from to some higher level of yeah. something through that through that tune. So you know, that that's probably the one that I feel like has the most weight.
1: Oh yeah. yeah. I, I, feel, I mean, just not to keep going on, but I feel like that's the one you're going to, the more you start playing, and even if you don't have it in your full band, but like acoustic sets, yeah. that's the one you're going to have people coming up after with the the silent pats on the back, just yeah. like, yeah.
0: Yeah, I really put myself out there on that one. and uh, There's a lot of putting me out there on this whole record, but...
1: I, I felt that. I mm-hmm. felt that. I felt like there was a little more nugget of you than just good stories, good yeah. antidotes of life, things you've observed, a little more... Nuggets of truth in it.
0: Yeah, there totally are. And I'll lie awake at night sometimes and just be like, dude, did you put a little bit too much <laughs> of yourself out there on this thing? But, you know, I, I kind of felt like it was the only thing I could do yeah. at the time. I
1: mean, I don't think people are going to be rehashing your songs trying to find out, like, Taylor's, like, which boy is this one about?
0: <laughs> but. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but it's. I feel like I need to do it. It's like, dude, this is the fourth project you've done. Go bigger, go home. Yeah. You're 30 years old, pretty much. Like, lay it all on the table. You know? I think you did it. Yeah. Well, I, think, I think so. I think so. I mean, it.
1: tonight, we're, you're listening to this now, everyone, um, a week or, two, week or two after recording this, you're playing Billy Bobs tonight. Yeah. That first time here. First time. So yeah. that's kind of a, a statement where where you're going.
0: Yeah, I, it, it is. And sometimes it's hard to have like a thousand foot view in this whole thing because mm-hmm. I'll go hang out with friends on a Sunday afternoon or whatever and they're like, dude, really? you're doing so good. And I'm just like, man, if you only knew how many hours I sat in the van this weekend, all the shit I ate in the gas stations and... Whatever, but Thousand Foot View, yeah, it's great. It's awesome to be here, at Billy Bob tonight, and things are good. I've always felt like things have been trending up. They're yes, just been trending up slowly. Yeah, but, but I've also heard that trending up slowly is better than.
1: Yeah, you don't want that that quick rise because then again, you know, when you have those setbacks, I feel like it's harder to recover from. Yeah, and you you don't process as well, and you don't grow from it as well. And sometimes your music doesn't show that growth.
0: Yeah. Well. That's a good point. I just, you know, sometimes I've got to look in the mirror and be like, dude, just you know, keep going, keep mm-hmm. going. But it's the path I've chosen with yeah. writing. Some more on the personal exposition mm-hmm. and a little meteor, not meteor in like a way that some songs are, but it's just like I'm trying to carve a little different path. i like the Slade cleaves. Yeah, that's the stuff I love. But uh, I'm not real good at like, uh, just not real good at like mainstream commercialized. But I, I wish it, I was. That'd yeah,
1: I think it works. I mean, at the, at the generation we're at, we you know we've got the guys that go the more partyer, the, the drinking songs, mm-hmm. the songs you go. But we're I don't feel like right now where Texas music is the group the the group that's out there. There's not that next generation of Slades, mm-hmm. of Roberts and Lyles and things like that. Yeah. I don't want to lump you with those people, but I think right now where where this record is, it
0: puts you more that fork in the road. Well, that's music to my ears. because, yeah. I mean Robert Earl's one of my like guiding stars and um, that's where I want to be yeah I mean I'm, I'm I feel like I'm strongest with the lyric mm-hmm. and, uh, and songwriting but yeah that'd be great That's <laughs> good company to aspire to be in
1: so I mean all the songs you wrote um, pretty much 2016 so where's have you taken the break since the studio or
0: I mean you're I'm sure you're still writing I really, you know, I've been really prolific in the sense that I've been writing and churning a lot over the last four or five years, but I really have not, I don't think I've completed a song by myself since August of last okay. year, so it's been a break, and, um, I've really been on the promotional side of this, like, shooting videos, getting yeah. art together, trying to build up some sort of social media hype, mm-hmm. because we don't have a machine behind us. Yeah. Both. Um, am just trying to do it kind of the guerrilla marketing as best I can, um, But I think what I'm going to start doing is once this record gets out, it's been out for a few months, I might go back in the studio and just do, knock one song out and Mm -hmm. put it out six weeks later and then do the same thing for three or four tunes. Just because it's the single generation, like you said, and just having a new song up on Spotify every quarter is good, um, is good, good, Mm -hmm. it's good, it's good.
1: Well, I was just, I mean, that's, I was listening to today, I watched Today Show every morning, they had Ryan Tedder and his band. I mean, he's such the prolific songwriter. I mean, mm-hmm. and that's his bread and butter. And so they were saying that the way things have gone, that's what they're doing is yeah. releasing just song and song. And then eventually they might take all those songs and package them up for Christmas time. Yeah, but smart. Yeah, I, I, and that's the thing is I feel like, you know, sometimes you could do the whole record. And yeah. if you got the theme, got the cohesive idea behind it. But if you don't, just release the song, just songs.
0: Yeah, and I, that didn't cross my mind for this. Mm-hmm. Maybe in the last, like a week ago. <laughs> I was like, maybe I should have done it, but. Too late I, now. I, yeah, totally. I feel like I needed to make a record that mm-hmm. I could stand on and launch the next couple years from, and I didn't need to do any more EPs. Yeah. So it felt like something I had to do. And I feel like I've done it, and mm-hmm. now it's maybe time to just let's focus on one at a time and kind of give. You no, know, we can have our fun songs, and we can, you know, just to keep keep the wheels moving yeah. and get people out to the shows. So I was
1: reading today, and uh, somebody posted a breakdown of like, when they were making music from like 1997 to 2000, it was Terry Hendrix. You know how her how the price of CDs hasn't changed mm-hmm. since I've been buying records, mm-hmm. and but the cost of making them goes up, and it's just like wow, they, they, you gotta experiment and find that that sweet spot again.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's it's so true, and uh, I'm not a mailbox money guy per se, yeah. but like I do find myself going to my mailbox now because. If I get a quarterly statement, mm-hmm. it's just like how many different little revenue streams can, oh, I, yeah. can I make? And granted, they're small, but every month you get a deposit from iTunes mm-hmm. to your bank account, which is cool. It's just like, what what can we do to make this whole engine go? Because the overhead of being on the road, depending on certain factors, can either be great or it can be bad. And sometimes yeah. you just hit right in the middle, and it's like, what is the sweet spot? Mm-hmm. And maybe it's just cranking out one thing and letting it ride on Spotify and making some money back. And
1: you know, just leave it, leave it streaming overnight like that one, one uh, band did. Yeah,
0: uh, we we'll, we'll Yeah. Yeah, or stream it overnight and collect those plays. I've done that work, maybe a time or two.
1: Working the system.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Very cool. So what's the song that, like, we we talked to the one you're proud of. So what's the one that, I wouldn't say, because listening to it, they all are solid, but what's the one that you kind of, after putting it on like, maybe I maybe I had a different one that could have fit better?
0: Oh, shoot. Um... Like holding it down as a song. Like, I had a I put it on Spotify a couple of weeks ago, and uh-huh. I had a, a friend of mine tweet, "Everybody take a drink." John says Texas in this song,
1: <laughs> but it was one, listening to. I mean, it was everyone always talks about that cliche Texas song, yeah. But it didn't feel quite as you know, yeah. Texas for Texas' sake, it it felt a natural. Yeah, again. It's,
0: it does feel it feels natural to me. You know, musically, I wish it rode the wave a little bit better but yeah, I, you know I like that tune um, the when Ophelia comes to town which is just listed as Ophelia on the record I never liked the way it ended where she just dies I wanted mm-hmm. it to just I don't know mm-hmm. I didn't I had it I had a couple songs for this record that could mm-hmm. have replaced it but I think we're in the studio is like nah, let's just stick with these and you know I'm, I'm proud of them, but every yeah. single song I think I wish I hadn't used that like lonely bars. I used the phrase articulate my. I didn't have the gumption to articulate my vision. Like <laughs> Jesus, dude. Like chill out on the vocab. Like
1: yeah. Well, because I think cr- the beginning of that one. That one's got some good words. Mm-hmm. Like it starts off with crux. Like cruxes in it.
0: Oh yeah, turquoise. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, that one. I'm just like. There's. You know. That was what, one of my always things I've liked about you. Is you use good words. Yeah sounds
0: are great to say <laughs> I can say good words but well you know it's funny like it doesn't you know does not matter how big your vocabulary is and mine isn't huge but I read a lot but I, I yeah. like use different words but it falls on deaf ears a lot of the times
1: like cause that's it reminds me how I write is I write and then I edit and I start I pull out the
0: thesaurus mm-hmm. and I'm like
1: how can I make this sound better without oh, yeah. using the same word all the time
0: yeah totally like when I'm writing a song a lot of people use rhyming dictionary. Mm-hmm. I use the thesaurus, the online synonym yeah. machine, because I'm just like, what synonyms mm-hmm. can I use to replace, but sometimes it's amazing. My mom, <laughs> I was having a hard time coming up with the album title, and my mom sent me like a list of like 20 suggestions, and I won't say I'm here, but I love you, mom, but they are the worst. <laughs> They're the worst suggestions ever, But she just told me, she's like, I pulled out a thesaurus and looked at all these ideas, and yeah.
1: But pro- I mean, it probably helped, like, okay, this is definitely not yeah. moving forward. It's always good to eliminate something and then come back to it.
0: Yeah. But definitely every every song, I have, like, a little thing where I'm like, uh, either musically or lyrically, I might have... Almost every song. There's a few on there that I'm like, nope, good, mm-hmm. done. Um, but, yeah. You know, Love number 1 is kind of a, a basic love song. I wrote it, like, the... I wrote it in pre-production because I was just yeah. like, lo- like enjoying the chord changes and we just did it but it's a real simple straightforward love song there's nothing real complex it's a fun song I mean yeah. that's that's kind of the thing and you know and that's how,
1: listening to them like when it came up I'm like oh yeah this is fun it's, I mean it's again a simple song but Yeah. sometimes is. you you need that especially with the, the you way. have like the, the good meaty songs yeah. sometimes you need the the lighter fare
0: we do and a lot of this record is to help us fill out our live show mm-hmm. like Bible Belt, people yell for it. Yeah, you know, ask for Midland. Midland's my most popular song on Spotify, but it's like the least musically like interesting song ever. Yeah. It's like one four, one four, Midland, one four. You know, which is great, but or whatever. But we needed some songs to help put more of a show out. Of. Yeah. So some of those tracks like Love Number One and Ophelia kind of help us. Mm-hmm.
1: And that's the thing. Listening to this too, there was a lot more. To the production
0: of them all, I felt like. Yeah. There's a lot more to it. Yeah. You know, the same guy who did the Departures Record mm-hmm. produced this one, and I think we all kinda had a moment where it was like, Departures record's great. Yeah. It's extremely slick and extremely well produced and loud and sonically big. And straight up like we can't we yeah. can't really replicate it. Mm-hmm. We can get close, but we can't get all the way there. And this record we can we can replicate it. Um, but that's one of those things you learn with, when working with people, kind of what works and what doesn't. Even still, there's things I might have done differently. Not very many, but um, it's just part of working with somebody. And start, he starts to understand, as a producer, where my skills yeah. are, wrong, where I need to, uh, where I can improve. Mm-hmm. Like we learned, you're good in key of E, B, and F. Struggle, I can't sing in D for, for <laughs> shit. But those are things we've learned yeah. over the course of... The project and just
1: knowing your strengths is so you can build on them. Yeah, because so you don't you know do another basic sonically song. Yeah, you know, the
0: words are there. Yeah, at well, the end. And that's the thing with like the trouble of drinking. It's mm-hmm. really musically interesting. There's some really funky chords in there, and you know I'm I'm not a savant on the guitar by any means. Yeah. So I'm uh, you know it's nice to, to sprinkle in some things that just help us fill out our show, make it make it interesting, more so, interesting.
1: So, because you didn't bring any co-writes, I mean, I'm sure you do a lot of co-writing with others, but do you usually use those or let the other person have them?
0: You know, when I'm usually writing, I've been so lucky to get writing appointments with Pat and Wade and Corey and Jamie Lynn Wilson. Um, It's been awesome. But uh, a lot of the times, you know, they're 20, 15, 10 years ahead of me. Mm -hmm. When you're co-writing with somebody like that, it's kind of like, you know, I feel like I need to do the best I can for mm-hmm. them to put it on the record, and uh, um, like with Corey, three of those songs got made it to his yeah. record, The Good Fight, which is like, oh my god!
1: Because I remember interviewing Corey about that record at Steamboat one year, and yeah. I remember that was the big point is he was really proud to bring in the younger guys, he to you a ton and, and, um, and
0: Shane Carter, Beckworth. Carter Beckworth, yeah. Um, he had Brian King or and Owen, who are older guys, but yeah, and th- it's a cool thing because I I, I don't know it's bringing in some young guns to bring some life to it, Mm -hmm. not life to it, but just some new energy could be a good thing. But, and you definitely felt it with his record. I mean, mm -hmm. it just, it
1: really, he was in a different place and that energy kind of came through.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like I wrote with Wade and Wade's become one of my great friends Mm -hmm. and like a guiding force for me. like. Talked to him on the bus a couple weeks ago and he was just giving me advice and I was like, Man, I love this stuff. <laughs> but uh I'll be honest, like riding with him and with Pat Um a little intimidating. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean these are guys and Corey too is like I remember I went to a private school for a year in high school and we had a free dress day, and on free dress day, well what do I wear? I wear a Cory Moore t-shirt. <laughs> I'm that guy. And here I am, like fifteen years later to the day, like riding with him, it's like it's it's a little bit tough. Yeah. have you over their house and you're like, should I take my shoes off? And like you, know, you probably
1: have that person. You're like, oh, if only I could tell this person what I'm doing right now oh, without totally. being awkward. Oh,
0: totally. Like I try to be. I try not to be awkward. I'm getting better about it, but yeah, um, those car rides have been really good for me. And I've learned something from mm-hmm. each of those guys. But it's car riding's tough, and I'm not. Yeah. I, I'm not really. I think it's a weird, a weird dance, and I'm not real sure how much I want to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. To be frank. Yeah. Um what I do like to do is write with young and I'm I'm twenty now, I'll be thirty in November, but I, there's a kid in college Station named Wynn, Wynn Williams who put mm-hmm. an out and I helped him out with some of the songs and that's where I felt like I was better. Okay. And that, that felt a little more natural to me.
1: Than going with the, the intimidation factor, having somebody kind of Just
0: Elder Statesmen, people yeah. I've looked up to for years, people who, you know um and I'm not I, I'm not really sure how much I can help mm-hmm. uh an Elder Statesman, but it's just a different perspective,
1: though, and that's the thing I've I've noticed with co- people that co-write, especially people that I felt like um, are stuck in a rut. Sometimes I wouldn't say well, I wouldn't say a rut, but they're just pulling the same thing out every single time. I'm like, you need to co-write. Yeah. You just need to switch that up. But where you're at, I mean, you're now in your voice. Yeah. We'll see if you know, in two records, if I'm if you'll get a phone call, I'll be like, hey, uh, John, I think you need to do a little co-writing.
0: Yeah. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't hate it, but I think for now I'm. I'm just kind of like, let's give this record as mm-hmm. much as we can. Let's start working on one song at a time, produce it, put it out over the next year or so. But, um, you know, I. I don't want to say I'm musically limited. Yeah. But like, uh, it's all pretty straightforward to me mm-hmm. musically. Um, and a lot of the times, like some of the great co-writers in Nashville, they can whip up these badass um, riffs and mm-hmm. beats and these cool like. You know, it's what you hear on mainstream radio, but there's some real talent and skill behind it. There's some formula behind it too. Yeah. Like I haven't, I haven't really learned how to do that yet, and I don't know if that's in my future or not. But Meh. we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> the, story, the story songs are good for now.
1: Yeah, I think it, I think it's it's your shtick right now. It works. Yeah. It works. Yeah. So proven ground, June 9th. You ready to send it out into the world? I mean, you're already sending it. But people listening, if you pre ordered, you have it.
0: If you, yeah. So, one thing yeah. I did that was interesting, I, and I'm real happy I did this, was I allowed people to buy it directly from me for mm-hmm. the last month. And uh, it was a really good, like, like check on where I am. Yeah. And uh, it, it does my heart happy to send people a signed physical copy and let them have it because it helps me retweet tweets. It's like, I got the record. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, man, this guy paid 15 bucks for. Music that they can hold on to the tangible physical copy and they have it forever. Yeah, and because uh, I, I worry a little bit with like down streaming it on Spotify, it's like they're not going to find Pontiacs. They're going to listen to first three songs and call mm-hmm. it a day. But I was like, uh, let's start building the buzz and the hype about the record a little earlier. And yeah, I, I'm glad people have it, and I've been getting tweets today from people who are like, "Man, I love Pontiacs," mm-hmm. and I'm just like, "This was a good decision. This yeah. was a good decision." So I, f- I felt really good. Sending it out ahead of time.
1: Oh, cool. And yeah, and it's just been interesting seeing that myself and then just wondering, like, how I wonder, I always get so interested about the business end of it. Like, how are the pre orders? How do the pre orders work? Like on Spotify, I mean, not Spotify, you don't pre order on Spotify, but like iTunes and things like that. And it's just, I mean, you have those numbers too. And so
0: you're able to kind of. Kind of, yeah, kind of. I use something called CD Baby to upload. Okay. So something called. Yeah, yeah, so they, they send it to Spotify and iTunes and Amazon, but. You know, for the first week or two that it was on iTunes, I was checking to see where we were on the pre-orders, like if we made the main page. Well, we mm-hmm. weren't making the main page. Uh, and uh, I was like, you know what? Screw it. Yeah. Let's promote it through my website. People can buy it directly from me. And um,
1: and then it goes dr- – I mean, because you are straight-up indie. You have, like, a, you know, very yeah. limited team, just the bare bones. So yeah, you're the one, you know –
0: yeah, I'm the guy at the take, post office, yeah. printing out, going to Staples and buying return address stickers, and I'm doing it, and it's it's me, and I I take pride in it. I have yeah. bothered the hell out of everybody at post office in Austin the last three days. <laughs> they know me by name now, but um, you know it it's it's a cool way for me to kind of mm-hmm. connect a little bit more with the people who've been generous and yeah to, to buy it. But yeah, we weren't we weren't making enough, and I'm not you know release day. It's always kind of like oh they're number four, they're number nine, and I was kind of like, we might, not, we might not crack that, and that's okay, because yeah. this record is not a, it's not a come out and kick ass record. It's a, it's a seep out into the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might be three months, it might be six months, it might be three years, I don't know. But uh, I'm happy with the way I've kind of handled, handled it this time. Proper promotion, I feel like. It's the, it's the quote, if you take care of your art, your art will take care of you, and that's kind mm-hmm. of the adage I've applied to this whole thing.
1: And I feel like, I mean, this record we've talked about, like, Proving Grounds, I think it was so aptly named. Yeah. Because you've done Thanks. the work coming up to it, the, the slow climb, and I feel like this is going to be that record, you know, after a couple you years released, people are going to go back to this one. Yeah. And, you know, especially if this is their first, you know, real listen to your stuff. Yeah. They're, they're, that's what I noticed when I discovered a band in the middle of... Um, you know their career. Yeah. Sometimes I go back to their older stuff and it's good, but mm-hmm. definitely like that that one, like their record in the middle. Sometimes it's the one I discover them first on.
0: But for sure, I, I think that this is going to be a good one for you. Well, I appreciate it. Yes, yeah, that's so interesting because I feel like my attitude with this one is: this is your first record, dude. This mm-hmm. is your first record. <laughs> and uh, um, you Just, know, it's it's funny because people will be at shows and people will be like, "Play Bible Belt, and play Midland," and we play those songs. But I've kind of grown and gravitated mm-hmm. away from and. They sound a little different when we play them live, and um, they, they sound better live now than they yeah. do on the record, but I like, am excited for people to be like, play your icon, play mm-hmm. Meg, you know, play those songs, because I feel like this is really me. Those songs are more of just like 24-year-old kid with a day job, yeah. a, a dream, but having no idea how to do anything. So this would be the record if you had
1: a real deal publicist be like, John Bauman's debut record. Oh, yeah. God, I, God
0: that's why I've peeve. It's
1: like, I can go online and see you've yeah. got three others. Yeah. Debut my
0: ass. Yeah, totally. Well, I'd even thought about taking them all down, and I actually took a couple of them down for a while, and God, for the last nine months, people have just been like, where's Bible Belt? Where's <laughs> Potter County? And I'm like, all right, back up. But, yeah, um, this sort of feels like my first real mm-hmm. record. And, uh, yeah.
1: I think that's a good place to end it here on Conversation on the Record. Hell yeah. Thanks so much. Absolutely. John Bauman, everybody. You can still go. I mean, this is, I think, coming out about a week or so. You're listening to this before the record comes out, June 9th. So they can still go to your website, pre-order, go to a show, pick one up. Yep. Or the various internet places. Yep.
0: iTunes, pre-order, help us Run up the run up the chart. Yeah, yeah. Order. If you don't
1: if you don't have a physical copy, just iTunes pre order. Let's just go. Yeah, that. let's
0: let's go with that. No, that sounds <laughs> great. Yeah, um, but it's there on my website and uh, available. It shows, and mm-hmm. we'll, there'll be vinyls in August. So oh, okay, exciting, awesome. Like, I was gonna ask about that. I was like, yeah, because
1: that's the cool thing to do now.
0: Yeah, every it's been amazing how many people have asked about vinyls. Yeah, because I just you know, it's expensive to order them, but I'm like, you know, let's give it a shot.
1: Well, I think that's also with, with you know wrapping things up, but unwrapping again. Um, with everything going so digital, I feel like a lot more people are ditching the CD and going to the vinyl yeah. with the download code in it,
0: Yeah. which I prefer personally. <laughs> yeah, but... That's a good point. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, it'll, I got to order two hundred of them to, to, to make it <laughs> to make it work. But uh, yeah, people have been asking. I'll be. We'll have vinyls. I think late August. All right. So you know,
1: we just put a pre order thing on them. Just just start it now. Just you know, yeah. pre order now. That way. People can you already have a number? Like, okay, this people already have pre-ordered. Noted. Yeah, ideas. It's what we got here Love on it. conversation on the record. Well, I'm Sarah. He's John Bauman. Thank you. Go order his record if you haven't already, and we'll catch you later. All right. Well, I'd like to thank you so much for listening to this conversation on the record. If you're super motivated now to order Proving Grounds, just visit johnbaumanmusic.com. That's John Bauman, B-A-U-M-A-N-N music.com to order a copy or go see him live and buy one there and shake his hand. I'm sure he'd really love that. And if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss any more conversations on the record. I can't wait for you to hear some of the ones I have lined up. Really excited to share those. And also, when you get a chance, head over to SarahRoday.com for more on this conversation with John Bauman. And, of course, I've got links to connect with me on social media there. So you can creep on me all over Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. So, yeah, that's what it is. SarahRenee.com. Sarah with an H-R-E-N-E. Plus, I've got links to John Bauman's website there and all the ways you can order the record. So don't worry. All in one place, SarahRenee.com. But thank you again, John Bauman, for sitting down and chatting with me. And, of course, thanks to Billy Bob's for letting me in. And, of course, thank you for listening. Subscribe. and. I'm Sarah Renee, and I'll talk to y'all again next time.
0: With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
1: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo when we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.